0: The, the Nasi Thanasi Kokonakis is out of the Australian Open after losing a marathon match to Andy Murray. It went to five sets and lasted five hours and 45 minutes, only finishing after 4am at Melbourne Park, the second longest in Australian Open history. Alexi Poprin and Alex Simonor also both won their second round matches. Weather's next.
1: Kennards Hire is hiring big. There's roles to suit everyone available right now. Check kennards.com.au. Join in the racing chat by following SEN Track on Twitter at sen underscore track.
0: Maz bars on Osgood Drive. Great coffee on the go. Showers and storms in Darwin today. Thirty degrees. More showers tomorrow. Top of thirty. Cloudy in the Alice. Thirty-seven. Cloudy tomorrow. Thirty-three. And the SEN app's now compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Connect your car to listen anywhere, anytime. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raph Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin. Finding a place to write your next chapter. We are
2: back. SEN Fridays at the Top End, 16 11 am, thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. A big, big show to kick off the post Christmas period. We have Brody Newman, who's selected in the representative game, that will be on tomorrow. Mel Taylor, the daughter of the super coach KJ Taylor, will be leading the women's against Claremont. And Robbie Turnbull, who will make his debut in the red and white South Fremantle colours. So plenty of awesome guests today. But, of course, we have our regulars, Robbie Hale
3: and Raf Clark.
2: Raf, how was your Christmas, mate?
3: Yeah, good, mate. Um, Plenty of family, plenty of food. Um, Obviously, a few tricks involved as well. But, um, yeah, overall, very good time, mate. And good to catch up with all the family and friends like it always is. Stay in Darwin. Yeah mate stayed in Darwin enjoyed the rain nice cool weather for once um yeah, yeah so, which is what we've been waiting for a nice big wet season so yeah awesome time Roberto,
4: the guru? Yep, it was a pretty quiet one for me. Um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it was all a blur, really, for me. But, um, yeah, it's just good to be back now at the football and trying to get some normality back in the life. Back on the waters. Yeah, back on the waters <laughs> now and back on the bicycle riding that around. So, it's good.
2: We missed a couple of rounds of football, so it is good to be back. We do need to go through some of the round 12 and round 13 games. Of course, we will preview last weekend's round 14 action. Plenty of... I suppose, interesting results, but a lot of a lot
4: of sameness about it too. What caught your eye in round 12 and round 13, Rob? Well, the one result that I thought caught my eye was the Waratahs-Crocs game. Crocs beaten Tars by 28 points at Gardens. Almost a grand final preview maybe? Yeah, it could be. Um, I've still got Saints as, you know, up there, but um, I was surprised that, yeah, Crocs beat them by that much, and they did a tagging job on Dill Collis at half forward, um, which is you don't see very often up here, so there's a couple of good coaching moves and yeah, it was a great win from the Crocs. And Magro kicked seven in that one, which put him, which made, uh, might make him feature higher in the power rankings in the top ten, sorry. Mm. Buffalo's thrashed <laughs> Tiwi. District's, of course, got the win over Waratah. Nycliffe beat
2: Palmerston by 12 points. And St. Mary's got the job done against Pint. Nothing else out of those. Three
4: games. Worth talking about before we move on to round 13? No, Dylan, Dylan Lant was heavily tagged in that game, and I think there was a lot of free kicks missed. I think that's mm. something to keep an eye out. I, I personally love the tag, but I think it's got to be done within... Um Within reason, Um, so that's something to keep an eye out on probably come finals time if one of those sides do decide to tag him. Just on that, I won't throw him under the bus just yet, but I had a very high-profile
2: NTFL footballer uh, message me and speak about that exact issue about the treatment that Mm. taggers are allowed to get away with in the NTFL. Um, it's a very tough gig for the umpires up here. Obviously, you know, they're not going to be able to see everything that happens off the ball. Raf, probably a better question for you. I don't think Robbie would have been tagged in his footy career. Oh, but Did you ever cop that treatment uh, from opposition players? And do you think that the umpires do enough to help those star players that come into the league that might cop that attention?
3: Yeah, I think it's something um, that probably gets missed because it's not a regular... Mm. Like, not every team's... No one does have it up a here. tagger, and there's no genuine tagger. Like, the only tagger I really know that's a genuine... But he's not his everyday job. Uh, when he's out there is um, Kieran Parnell. Mm, Who is? and he's probably one of the nicest taggers going around because you don't see him pinching and punching and sh- dragging blokes from behind play. So, but yeah, I, I only got it when I was you know at half back when you, someone would come to you and try to drag you away, and that's a whole different way of tagging somebody, isn't no, You know, but if you do get under the ball, they'll they'll come knees in the back, but mm. that's all still going for the ball. So it's sort of you can get away a bit more with that if you're in a marking contest, but. Yeah, I mate. Mean, I never like to the the st- like what we've seen Dylan Lant the last couple of weeks. Um, especially when I, against Buffaloes, so I think I've seen it uh, against them. They were, you know, had a few blokes getting him when he, cool. you know, if he's on the ground going past and making sure he's staying on the ground. So little things like that, and whether the the, the, the furthest umpire away he has to keep an eye on that, it's something that probably the, the umpires need to talk about themselves, I guess. I sold you a bit short there, Robbie. Talking about not getting tagged. You are a
2: two-time premiership player in the NTFL, but you're also a coach in waiting. What do you think philosophically about the tagging role? Is that something that, when you eventually have your own NTFL Premier League team, hopefully
4: in the future, would you send a tagger out? Is that a, an important role? I think it is. I think too many blokes up here just get left and you know left to their own devices. You know, um, but you have got to have the ability of a player to, to tag those sort of blokes. Like if you're taking a Jared Stokes, you have got to be quick enough and zippy enough to Strong. get with him. And I think Dil Lant, apparently, when he was training, like he's a super fit right now and apparently running 25, 26 k's a session. Mm. What are they doing, (laughs) four-hour sessions? Yeah, so he's just smashing the running. So I'm not too sure who could actually run with him and then also like the Jared Stokes. But I think, yeah, nullifying key players, because everyone just gets left to their own devices up here a bit. It's almost called more, more run, run, run with Roland yeah. and,
3: and a tagger up here, like just run with him as much as you can and, and try to be next to him. And yeah. Like a genuine lockdown tag. Yeah, it, I reckon.
2: It's a team effort too, I think. Yeah. Like I know I've played in football clubs where we haven't one. let, and yeah, exactly, we haven't had a specific tagger, but it's been like, hey, if you see Dylan Lant or Brodie Philo running around by themselves, just put yeah. a body on them, make sure they're not getting an easy run through. Round 13, we had Saints beating the Buffaloes, Waratah beating Pint, Nycliffe over Wanderers in a two-point thriller
4: and districts
2: easily accounting for Palmerston. What caught your eye there, Rob?
4: Caught my eye was uh, St. Mary's beating Buffaloes. I thought Saints had a reasonably weak side. They did have a lot of top-end talent, but they brought in a lot of kids, and it was a game that Buffaloes win, they Push for top three, and I was disappointed in Buffaloes. I almost, I did have them tipped, and then I changed it last minute, looking at the team sheets, and just, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned for Buffs now. I don't, I don't think they're anywhere near the top three sides, and Nycliffe are coming, and so, yeah, so I, I just, I just thought it was a disappointing outing from, for a Buffaloes perspective on yeah, that I, one.
3: I back you on that one, Rob, because when I seen the, the couple ends that came in for St Mary's, mm. I was a bit worried. I thought Buffs, or oh, this is a game Buffs are going to get them, mm. Um, mm. and then yeah, like I think that the, the danger Sign for Buffalo's is after their best twenty. I think it falls away pretty quickly. Mm. Um, where the other teams, you know, they've still got probably it's their best twenty-five to twenty-eight, probably that you yeah. you can still win a game of footy with. So, yeah, that was one Buffalo's let slip, and I I actually thought they were going to push them right to the to the end. Yeah, um, definitely. And Saints got away with it.
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I think. Um, When you have a midfield of Jared Stokes, Mitch Robinson and Ryan Pendlebury, you do probably expect a little bit more, a bit more midfield dominance there. Um, On paper, I feel Buffalo stack up with most teams in the competition, but it's just not happening for whatever reason. Rob, you say you're disappointed and you're concerned that they've lost pace with the top three. The results show that, but Mm. what do Buffaloes need to do?
4: Jeez, (laughs) I'm not too sure. I think defensively, I've always been a hit on their defensive aspects. So if you watch the game, you'll see a couple of stoppages that happen, and you know some of their star midfielders walking while Dillant just runs out of a contest and goes inside 50, and it's all on footage. And it's just it's not the efforts that would be of a top three side. I don't think Ruska Chopper or Ayers would let any of their players you know sort of do that sort of thing. So it's sort of that's sort of where it's at a bit. Those those sort of players setting standards and. Maybe having those defensive matchups a bit more better um, because they have got a, a hold of you know that has got a hold of them previously as well. Offensively, they're probably almost the best side offensively. Well, when they're on, they're very hard to stop. They're beaten Saints at quarter time and then just yeah, run out of legs. And the other game was Tars versus Pint, so I commentated that one. Um, Pints right in it, but won the inside fifties and just unable to convert and sort of put them where they sort of are sitting now. Because although they were equal at three quarter time, but should have been up by a couple of goals and end up losing by, I think it was four goals in the end. Um, but the, yeah, they're just lacking that little bit of cream, I think, guys. Yeah, but I think they're missing that key.
3: Def- like the defenders are good, mm. Um, mm. but they're all that medium height. You know, um, yeah, they need that six six two six three defender, maybe a Daniel Weitra type that, you know, locks down your best forward. Um, and, you, and you can back them in. I think um, they sent their ruckman down to um, Brendan Grenfell. Mm. Um, so seeing that straight away, you're going. You know, I don't. I've never seen the big fella play down back too much. So you know, straight away you're changing your, your own aspects to you know to play on a key to, key forward. So if they're going, if they're going to recruit next year, buffalos they I'll be heading for a key defender. Yeah, the Buffaloes
4: and a tall key defender. That is. <laughs> yeah, a couple of quick small forwards as well would be great. And a, another zippy midfielder. The point, yeah, yeah. I think I have been really impressed
2: by some of their midfielders. I think Thomas Schott is starting to get the recognition that he deserves. Mm. Um, a very good team. Obviously, Mitchell Lowe's have a consistent year down back, Braden Taylor's playing really good football. Um, Paddy Doyle, obviously, the story of the year in a way. Um, you know, he's come from so far, we've had us join him on our show. Uh, missed out on the rep team which was a little bit disappointing probably from a personal perspective but just get acknowledged and be a part of the squad i'm sure he'd take that any day of the week hey looking at the best players from that game joel stevens adam Goulden, and dylan collis three players fairly synonymous with waratah's success very important players uh where do you see waratah's moving forward have they have you they shown enough for you that they're right in premiership contention or is there still a little bit that needs to be done
4: no, I've I've got them right in the premiership contention. Like last year, they, I thought that we even when I was coaching there, I didn't think we'll. I thought we'll probably the third best side, and it's probably the same feeling right now. I think most people would have them third. I think talking to some St Mary's boys, they're pretty confident. they you know that the you know they're, they're better than districts. They think so. It's interesting to hear that perspective, but um, yeah, I think they're head and shoulders above fourth and fifth probably at this stage. Um, and their ball movements has been pretty good, and out on TIO with a bit more space, I think that that'll suit them as well with their ball movement. Um, they moved Dill Collis onto the ball as well last week, just because he did get tagged at half back, and Joe uh, and Crocker stood up across half back and had you know thirty disposals, which was good for him.
2: Very versatile player, Dill Collis. Shout out to Dill. I think he'd be listening. He's a regular tuner inner to yeah. SEN Fridays in the top end. Hey. Well done to Timmy Eldridge and Daniel Weitra who both celebrated their 150th games. Uh, Both outstanding contributors to Territory Footy, Raph.
3: Yeah, definitely, mate, especially for their clubs. Um, Mm. You know, shout out to both of them. Um, Congratulations, boys. Um, Yeah, I love watching both of them go about their business. Timmy was a bit, uh, bit more on edge, I guess, in that game against St Mary's. There's a few things he—he's got to relax, old. Done, yeah, <laughs> that he—that I wasn't used to him doing, and I was like, oh, he's he's going a bit harder than usual here, Timmy. Maybe yeah. for his 150th, and he really obviously wanted to win. Um, but yeah, like they're, they're stalwarts of their football club, you know, Timmy Aldridge and what Daniel Weitra has done for um, Wanderers over the last five or six years. I think he was back-to-back Premiership mm. uh, best and fairest winner there, maybe even mm. three in a row. Um, So shout out to Daniel and well done, mate. Um, Congratulations, boys. Timmy is one of my favourite teammates
2: I've ever played with. I've known Timmy since we were about 11 years old. He's a good fella. Uh, He has got that white line fever. I certainly wouldn't deny that. But off the field, mate, he is an absolute gentleman. Daniel Weitra, uh, I go back to the grand final that I think they lost by two points, but he had a role on Darren Ewing who was... In some insane form, I, I could be wrong, but I believe the week before, win kicked eight goals in a prelim against Districts, and pretty much was the game winner. That was like the matchup to watch out for. Could Weitra stop Buff, yeah. and and he did. And he did, honestly, yeah, well, he was could have won out. the Chaney. Yeah, he should have won the Cheney. He probably well, could have joined won, you yeah. in the Cheney Club. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, and and Rob almost. Yeah. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> Uh, plenty to come. We will go to a break very soon. As we said, we have plenty of guests. We have Brodie Newman. We have Mel Taylor. We have Robbie Turnbull coming up. Rob, we have your SEN top 10. Welcome back to SEN Fridays at the top end, 16, 11 a.m. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Remember to tell your friends and family and anyone interested in territory footy to download the SEN app to listen live and don't miss out on this show. We have plenty more to come. We have three big guests, Robbie Turnbull, Mel Taylor, and Brody Newman coming up very, very shortly. We've got to go through the NTFL ladder. We have missed a little bit of footy. Districts are on top. Waratah are second. St. Mary's in third place. Darwin Buffalo's in fourth. Nycliffe in fifth, then Pint in sixth, Palmerston seven, Wanderers eight, and Teewee Bombers down the bottom at nine. But Rob, it is time for your power rankings. Now, for those who are just tuning in for the first time, the power rankings differ a little bit from the NTFL ladder. This is more about their actual form, where you think they they should be and where they rank with the other side. So we'll start at the bottom half of the ladder.
4: Rob? Yep, start to take shape now. So I've got Teewee at nine. um, After a promising start, winning those uh, games against the Pints, having a win in the draw, and then being competitive. They have dropped away now, and with that tensions that's happening out in the island, so that's affecting them as well, being obviously with the forfeit last week. Um, Wanderers at eight. So Wanderers have been a little bit disappointed in this, or fairly disappointing this season. Um, they're sitting eight as well. Palmy seven, who have dropped off. Um, losing those points Just and quickly losing a few players. Sorry to cut you off, Rob, but yep. you did
2: say as a discussion point we were talking about the seasons of Palmerston and Wanderers and who, mm. you, would, you know, we don't want to be too negative on here, but who has been the bigger disappointment? So who has
4: been the bigger disappointment, Rob? Palmerston or Wanderers? I think Wanderers, but I can see an argument for Palmerston considering Palmerston have had a lot of hype mm. and now it seems like they're black back playing kids after, you know, looking like a, trying to be a top three side so that's interesting and then obviously the hype of Wanderers but I thought Wanderers would probably finish fourth or fifth but pe- some people had them third and I don't think anyone expected them to be eighth. I'll go with Palmerston
2: obviously yep. for the sake of discussion but I do believe that. I know when they were leading into the St Mary's game when they had Gary Ablett playing I thought hey this is the big test they could genuinely beat St Mary's here and and honestly I was thinking maybe a premiership earlier in the year mm. when you look at some of the cattle they've had. Yeah, definitely, yep. They've had 10 ex-AFL players play yep. for them this year um, and like you said it seems like there's a bit of a confusion which direction they're going in. Are they playing the kids or is it is it go time now? Um, they haven't won a game in seven weeks, and I think that after the promising start that they are more disappointing than Wanderers at this stage. Raph?
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm probably leaning more towards Wanderers just because they've had that senior side together mm-hmm. for, you know, three or four years. Um, so, you know, you expected them to be, especially with an add-in with, like, Stephen Motlop um, straight out of AFL, with Palmerston, you know, like I say, you fall away from your... You know, you've probably got 15 really good players and then you fall away from there. So um, making up those extra numbers is, is where you... Or I how to, how I rank a team. Um, and Wanderers, I think, I think they've had that senior side. There's about, you know, 15 to 20 blokes who have played in grand finals and got that, a lot of experience. So I think Wanderers, just with their group, um, yeah for me.
4: <laughs> yeah, and Wanderers also they've got four blokes in the rep side. Southern Districts sit on top with six more wins and have three. So like, I think their top end talent does, you know, justify that. Yeah.
2: We will go through the rest of the power rankings after a short break. This is SEN Fridays at the Top End, thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin.
0: Live on SEN Top End 16.11am This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter.
2: Welcome back to SEN, Fridays at the Top End, 16, 11am. Thanks to Rayon and Horn, Darwin. We will love your listing. Robbie, we are going through your power rankings. For those who have just tuned us, tuned in, sorry. Tuned us. <laughs> <laughs> we have Teary Bombers at 9, Wanderers at 8, Palmerston at 7. We had a little bit of a debate there on who's, who's having the more disappointing season, but yeah. we, we try not to be so negative on this show.
4: Who do you have at number 6? Number 6 is Pints. Um, definitely Definitely have the side that could play finals, but just haven't been able to piece it together against the top sides. And I think finals should be an expectation from next year. So I've got Pints number six.
2: I know we sort of say it every week, but I reckon they've exceeded expectations, haven't they? To, to be like, I think we spoke off air yeah. just before about Pint. If we had said Palmerston had all these ex AFL players, Wanderers are keeping a pretty solid list together, but Pint will, will finish above both of them. You would have thought, mm. hmm, gee, how would that happen? But yeah. but it has.
4: Yeah, I think they've exceeded expectations without blowing us out of the water. And I think mm. when, so. when we started the show, we, we guessed how
3: many wins they might have for the year. And I think we might have had
4: them for one, maybe yeah.
2: none. Yeah, I said and one,
4: I think. Yeah, so mm. yeah we were all I put our hand up and say we were yeah, wrong there. Yeah. For
3: about one, so they've
2: done really well.
4: Yep, finals so. next year for them, for sure.
2: Pint are in six. Robbie, who do you have as your top five in the
4: power rankings? Okay, so five and four, I've got Buffs over Nightcliff, So that's an interesting one to discuss. We did talk about those guys are playing each other in a couple of weeks. So Buffs are five? Buffs at five, though, and Nycliffe at four. Mm-hmm. Um, just because if it's a final, I think Buffs, I think Nycliffe might beat them. Okay,
2: so where do you have Nycliffe ahead of
4: Buffs very quickly? Uh, why?
2: Well, just yeah, what aspects?
4: I just think they're a more rounded side and they're more better defensively, and, and Nycliffe have a really good percentage, so that's sort of where that sort of wins finals footy. Awesome, we're
2: going to go through your top three after the break, but we do have Brody Newman joining us after the news as well. This is SEN Fridays at the top end. at the top end, 16, 11 a.m. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. We will love your listing. Robbie, we are going through your power rankings. So far, you have had Tiwi Bombers at 9, Wanderers at 8, Palmerston at 7, Pint at 6, Darwin Buffalos at 5, which differs from their actual ranking, where they're 4th on the NTFL ladder, and Nycliffe at
4: 4. It's time for the top three. Top three. So I've got in this order: Waratahs three, Crocs two, and St Mary's one. I'll be very surprised if Grand Final day two of those three sides aren't in it right now. So it sort of goes without saying that you think the top three's broken apart a little bit. Yeah, I definitely do, and I, I think um, St Mary's will probably. I'm ninety percent, com- you know, eighty percent confident Saints play the Grand Final, and I'm pretty confident one of those other two play play them, and also Nycliffe could do a few surprises, but I don't think they're going to be able to make the granny from fourth.
2: Why are you so confident on St. Mary's? And I don't say that in a negative light. I think that Saints are a team that you can bet on every year because the history shows it and you don't go against 70 years of history. They always seem to rise at the right time of the year. They always seem to play their best football in the finals. Mm -hmm. But I do think districts and Waratah on paper probably have the better teams. Is it just that intangible thing that we speak about a lot that Saints are just good every year and it's as simple as that, they know how to play top end footy?
4: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't totally agree that they've got the better sides on paper. I I think St Mary's have three or four really good players out still. Um, they lost the Crocs by a couple of points out at Norbilt. Um, but in saying that, Crocs only had one fly in that day. I just think now with Lance coming in, um, and then also Boyle and Smithson coming back into that side, I think I think Boyle could be their most important player. He's better than Smithson, and Smithson could have got the chaining last year. So the impact and the Im- impact he's going to have in the finals, um, and also they just come to play finals football. I agree with what you said in that aspect, but definitely Crocs and Tars can beat them on their day. There's no doubt about that.
2: What's the closest? And I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, but what's the closest? That- have had to their best team this year have we seen it because you're right i don't know if like jack land obviously is a new addition um jay boyle and josh misson the two adelaide guys have plenty of experience in the sandfall can you think of a week where saints have been as close as possible oh, to their best team
4: i can't think right now but when they lost those early games they had to go and bring in a lot of fly-ins and Boyle had to commit for a few weeks and, um, and so did Smiths and so they did have to put together some pretty strong sides. I think the side against Bus was pretty strong. Um, the side against Nycliffe um, at Nycliffe where they won was pretty strong and they, Round 5 was pretty much when they started to turn it around when they brought Lockyer in and a few other blokes when they played Southern Districts and really needed to get that win after losing to Wanderers the week before. Hey Rob, we are joined by a very special guest in Brody Newman, who
2: has been selected again to represent the Northern Territory. Brody, do we have you on the line?
5: Yep, morning boys. Thanks for having me.
2: No, no problem, brother. Good to talk to you. Hey, congrats again on the selection. Uh, it must be a big honour representing the territory again.
5: Yeah, it is. Yeah, massive honour. Um, you know, I'm obviously I'm not a local player, so it's, um, yeah, it's really nice to get a little bit of. Um, recognition. It's actually yeah, a privilege to pull on the black, white, and ochre uh, after the third year. It's a really great program.
2: I love that too, Brody, because the locals can get a bit protective, and when we have someone who's from interstate get picked for a team like this, sometimes they cop a little bit of unnecessary criticism, and it's not fair on them. But just just again to reiterate, this is not something that you take for granted. This is something that you're very, very excited to do, isn't it?
5: Yeah, one hundred percent. And I'm um, yeah, completely understand how um, you know uh nc people uh want nc representing it so yeah it's not something that um we any of us are taking very lightly at all it's a it's a, it's a huge honor and um even last night i got a few of the past players to rep, uh, to present the jumpers to the boys and to just have a chat with them and, and listen to what you know um rep footy is all about and and how they used to go about it yeah it's, um, it was really quite humbling and really an honor
2: you're a local now, anyway, Brody. You're a very regular appearer on Mitchell Street and fitting in very well with the Wanderers culture. Can you tell us about how you arrived in the top end?
5: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I try to stay away from Mitchell Street, but um, yeah, yeah, I um, I was actually supposed to play for Nightcliff. I was um, I was um, in talks with Nightcliff, and they said, "Yeah, come down and have a run." They it was the COVID year, so they had a huge influx of um, of people coming down. So they pretty much said, "Oh, come and have a run and I ran into my um, my good mate, Josh Cabillo, from back home, back in Essendon, where he'd been playing um, in Howard Springs. We were doing the two weeks, and um, he basically said, um, I want you to come and play for Wanderers. And I was a bit sheepish. I was, I was like, oh, you know, I kind of already chatted to Nycliffe, but, you know, the president gave me a call the next day. And, um, yeah, that's kind of the rest is history almost. But, yeah, um, couldn't be happier to have uh, wound up at Wanderers. It's such a great club. And, yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it.
2: Hey, Brody, your credentials were pretty insane before arriving to the top end. You came up as, what, an 18-, 19-year-old, former quarter Cannons captain. I was going through your stats. You were putting together some big, big games at that level, 36 disposals, 17 marks one game. Normally, performances like that get you in the top top 10, top 20 draft. What happened there? Did you – like, I don't want to bring up old wounds if it's a sensitive topic, but is there any indication of why you didn't get drafted at the
5: end of that year? That's okay, Jack. And I know old words. Um, <laughs> Not really. Hey, I had a few things to work on. I wasn't, um, you know, still still not the quickest bloke going around, and um, yeah, I wasn't very athletic. And I don't know. There was a pretty it was a pretty strong draft draft hand that year, and um, yeah, it just didn't didn't go to plan and didn't fall my way. But I was already one year out of school. I was um, I was one year into a uni degree, and um, yeah, I wasn't. I was pretty optimistic with the whole process, and um, yeah, you know. It's one of those things, it's a double-edged sword. You didn't get drafted, but, you know, I've, I've had, you know, a couple, couple of the best three years of my life um, coming up here and, and meeting all new people. So, it's um, yeah, you take it with a with a grain of salt almost. With next season, Brody, are you looking at
4: going to, like, a state league level um, outside of the AFL, like a VFL or a SANFL, or what are your plans for next season?
5: Yeah, I'm not too sure yet. Um, I'm just, yeah, still assessing a few options. We've still obviously got um, about a month or five weeks to run. So, um, yeah, still still kind of um, making that decision. And, you know, I've, I've had a bit of time at, um, at Glenelg, and that was a, a great place. And um, obviously just played a little bit of local footy last year down in, down in Victoria from where I'm from. So, um, yeah, still just kind of, um, working through that process and, and um, working on finishing off the rest of the Wanderers season before anything else happens.
2: Brody, obviously not the best season so far for Wanderers. Uh, what has happened? What do you think
5: needs to happen? Yeah, you're right, Jack. We've, um, we've just been a little bit off this year. It hasn't quite been our year. Um, I think first and foremost, the competition has just got a hell of a lot stronger. Um you know, in the in the three years that I've been here, I reckon this is the strongest the comp has been um, across the whole, all levels, really. So, um, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to put it down. Sometimes, some games, um, you know, we're a very defensively-minded team, so we've been able to kind of strangle teams sometimes and keep it a really low-scoring affair, especially the Pints game on the weekend, and then uh, the Nightcliffe game the week before, it was 40-42. to 42. So, you know, I think we're, we're pretty good defensively. Just the downside of that is we sometimes struggle to put a score on the board ourselves so um yeah just need to look at get a bit more attacking i think and uh, we've got full faith in in aaron motlop um you know he's a great coach he's a really good um people people's coach and we've got full faith that next year we can um we can turn it around and take a lot from this year and the caliber of players that are getting around the nt at the moment which is um you know on another note great to see i suppose
3: yeah, just on that one, Brody, it's uh, Raf Clarke here, mate. Um, do you think um, maybe a key forward then is what you're sort of looking for? Or do you, do you think yourself or even Mitch Taylor or even Daniel Weitra, because your, your backline, like you said, is one of the best backlines going around, um, do you think one of you's need to become a, a, a tall marking forward and, you know, start kicking some goals?
5: Yeah, maybe Rath. That's something um, you know we, we've looked at, and we, we had Big Ed, Big Ed Simpson, but he's um, taken more yeah. of a ruck role on yeah, he's a this year. Man, yeah. So yeah, perha- yeah, perhaps um, yeah, a nice spearhead forward. You know, it's, it'd be nice in in any side. So um, yeah, that's, that's something that we'll look in, in the off season. You know, I, I can't really kick um, at the best of times, let alone set shots. So I don't think I'll be any use up there, and uh, I know Mitchell Taylor does fancy himself down there. So you never know what you might see in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. But yeah, certainly. Certainly next year, um, you
3: know, we'll go back to the recruiting board and um, we'll see, yeah, we'll see what we can find. No worries, mate. I hey, think Robbie Hale might be floating around if you're looking for a <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Brody, you're selling yourself short a little bit
2: there because I know there was a sand for Resi's Grand Final where you swung forward to the surprise of many and changed the game. So don't rule out yourself as that big forward that they might need. Hey, a little bit of an interesting question. I know that uh, when you first arrived at Wanderers, your coach was Shannon Motlop. He went to Pint. Now, very, very early days when Shannon Motlop was, point- was appointed, my inbox was blowing up with, hey, Brody Newman's going to be Pint's marquee recruit. Now, that didn't eventuate. I know we were probably not in the best state for this conversation, but we had a chat about it at Base in the Grass this year. <laughs> and um, you said that you would most likely stay at Wanderers. So, was there any consideration at all to going to the Green Ants?
5: Um no nah, not at all, not at all i'm I'm b- very happy with Wanderers i was I was having a joke with Jackson Calder that night as well, so yeah as, as you said we're um yeah we are travels fast to be having the chat, but no nah, not at all I was um so happy for Shannon to get the role because I didn't think he was finished coaching yet um at a grade level when he finished up at Wanderers, so I was yeah so happy for him, and I kind of almost cheer on Pints as well when they're not playing us because um I'm a great supporter of of him and I think he's great but no, nah, always, always very happy at Wanderers Jacko but um, no you've done the homework well
2: thanks mate hey last question from us what is your role as a two parter what is your role tomorrow is it just your typical play how you do in the NTFL and which players are you excited to be playing alongside of
5: yep um, Oh, yeah good question I, I think Chopper's done a really good job at kind of just harnessing the group he hasn't really given um, you know he hasn't gone out there to try and reinvent or or anything like that. He said, yeah, go out and play your, your normal role and, and just have fun with each other. So I think, yeah, that normal role, there's some good defenders there. Um, I, I mean, the back six is actually quite amazing. Um, Brian Nyhouse, Mitchell Taylor, and Wiz, um, Kieran Parnell. So, yeah, to just be um, mixing in with them and, and, and just seeing what comes of it and just, just having fun when we get out there, but obviously still playing to win. And, um, yeah, I don't know, the, some of the players getting around, you know, is, is quite unbelievable. You know, Mitch Robertson, Harley Burnell Stephen Motlop. Always um, great AFL experience and um, keen to play with Michael Bowden. He's always, he's always have a good laugh with him off the field. So it'd be nice to finally be on his team because he, he chops us up when he's um, on the opposition.
2: Big day of work ahead at the Holy Family Vacation. Kay, any excursions planned today?
5: Uh, I think we got zone three. We're off to, uh, oh, wow. to laser tag. I'm envious. excited for that. So yeah, it's, um, it's going to be a big one. But um, yeah, thanks boys.
2: Yeah, don't, don't pull a hammy because we need you in, in for the rep side tomorrow, mate. So just take it easy with those lasers, all right? Hey, thanks for joining us, Brody. Thanks, Brody. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Ben. Have a good one. Awesome. So that was Brody Newman, Wanderers star and NTFL representative team. Well, he'll play in the back line, I yeah, assume. Three, three years back. A row, yeah, three in row, yeah. Which is um, a great achievement. Definitely deserves it, too. He's had a, He's been a great acquisition for the NTFL composition. So have a bunch of other players that will be in the most talked-about segment that we have on this show. It is honestly causing shockwaves around the local town. It is time for the SEN Top Ten.
0: Yep. It's now time for the NTFL Top N Ten with Jackson Clark and Rob Hale.
2: Robbie, do you want to start at... Well, obviously you would, wouldn't you? You want to start at number 10?
4: Yeah, number 10's Ryan Nyhouse. So he's uh, now with Nycliffe climbing up the ladder. He's put in some great uh, performances. So that's the skipper, Ryan Nyhouse, who could be a future captain of that rep side probably from next year even. Yeah, number nine. Number nine is Matt Dennis um, slid down. Um, Nycliffe's done a bit of a number on him last week. So, but his form still stacks up and he's the best ruckman in the comp. We will we'll talk about that role that Nycliffe played against Matt Dennis yep. and the implications it has
2: on Southern Districts moving forward when we go into those round fourteen games. But yeah, a very interesting one that.
4: Number eight. Number eight's Nate Paredes. Um, continues to put up good numbers. Just to consistency. And consistent and does get out the you know, does work out the back and get a couple of goals as well, so he's very damaging in that aspect. Number seven. Number seven is Mitch Robinson. So Mitch has had a couple of quieter weeks. Um, didn't play last week, but he put up some really massive numbers, like when he first came out of the AFL. So Mitch Robinson, number seven. I like this one. Number six. Number Smiths. Uh, number, number Smith. Smith <laughs> is that's him, Luke Smith from Southern Districts, so a crafty half forward. Um, who does pinch shit through the midfield, averaging, you know, probably about two goals a game and, and 20 odd touches, 22, 23 touches a game, very consistent from Geelong. There's,
2: there's always one of those blokes, hey, that it takes a little while for the territory football community to sort of recognise just how good he is, and I reckon that might be Luke Smith this year.
4: Yep, definitely. Number five. Number five, Stevie Motlop, had the week off last week, um, probably resting that injury, so I've got Stevie at number five. Four, four is the uh, is the mover. It's Jaden Magro. I don't Ooh. think he was in before Christmas, but he's gone into four. Um, obviously, didn't get to play last week. Would have loved to seen what he would have kicked last week against Tewi. But yeah, number four is Jaden Magro. I'm
2: going to try and phrase this question properly. I was going to say, "Have you been too harsh?" But that might be a bit harsh on you, Rob. Has mm-hmm. Jaden Magro exceeded your expectations with his form this year? I know when we were talking about him earlier in the year, it was well. I'd like to see how he goes against the top teams. He kicked seven against Districts, and he's yep. kicked. You know, he kicked four against Nycliffe, I believe yeah. he is good against any opposition in the NTFL. He's shown that this
4: year. Yeah, I think he's, he's defeated me on that one. Um, it's it's def- like just talking around town. There's a few people that criticised, saying that they thought he was a bit flat track, and he's um, he's definitely beat all those expectations that I put on him. But he's got one more to beat, and that's uh, that's Kieran Parnell when he plays against St Mary's. Mm. Number three. Number three is Baxter Mench. So I think Menchy's gone back to going to Queensland now. So. He's probably gonna slide out unless they fly him in, but they do have a big fly in list party, so that's unsure if they'll be flying him in. Well that's about thirty possessions a week that yeah, they'll lose out of that him. engine room. Yep. Mm. Uh number two is Brody Philo. So Philo's just going about his business, was pretty good at, um against districts last week and yeah, I really like um how Brody Philo and starting he's on a, the ball. He's a regular in that top five, isn't he? Year yeah. after year after year. He's yeah. an
2: NTFL legend now, isn't he? Yeah, he definitely is two angles, um, three
4: flags. Yeah, probably you know probably up there now is probably the second greatest Nycliffe player now, probably behind um, great, late Joe Joe Bonson. Very very good footballer. Uh, number one, number one. No surprise here. It's uh, Dylan Lant. So on your top twenty-five, he was number one, and then T years Yeah. He was, top four, he was number one, so he's got this trifecta. And um, yeah, even when he gets tagged out of it, he somewhat got tagged against pints and still had twenty-five.
2: Raph, I'd like your input. Why is Dylan Lant so good? Like, for those listening that haven't may not seen Dylan Lant play, why is he a unanimous number
3: one? I think, uh, first of all, I think he's two-way running. Um, like, mm. he, you know, and, and the, the off-ball running is what um, sets him apart. And someone who was very similar when they played up here was, um, if everyone remembers, Big Geary, mm. um, Jackson mm. Geary. Yeah. Their off-the-ball running is what catches my eye. Um, so, people, if you're wondering what that is, is when you're, you know, you're you know, in either footy or you but you're taken off and you put in, you know, a three-quarter effort um, stride to get to where the next contest is going to be. So your defenders or your tagger has to put in that same effort to be with you at all times. And then being at every stoppage, also pushing back to be, you know, a help in a defence, but then to get on the end of it and kick goals. So he's kicking two to three goals a week as a genuine midfielder. That's, you know, that's huge running. And like we mentioned before, you know, 25Ks a session, Mm. Um, you know, that's elite, that's AFL. Top running so you know i'm surprised he's not on a uh, not a rookie at an afl level to be honest he's has played some really good football down south at essendon and glenelg
2: well that is our top 10 a little bit different to my list that i do over christmas i did a top 25 and rob you've been a little bit critical in our private conversations what
4: where did i go wrong i just i, just, I would do look <laughs> i thought Having ten backmen in was excessive. Um, I do think Darcy Hope and Calder should have been in the in the twenty five. Um, and also just touching on one other thing is outside the top ten for me is Jared Stokes and Tommy Shot from yeah. Pints. Um, they're two blokes that are probably eleven and twelve, maybe depending on obviously what happens next week. But yeah, that was only my only criticism was I think we're probably too. Um, defender heavy Mm -hmm. Um, and Calder's kicked a fair few goals without being outstanding this year I think Calder's probably in there and then maybe Darcy Hope as well
2: I did acknowledge that Calder was my number 26 and like honestly there's one thing that I concede I may have got that wrong I I do have Jackson Calder as an inner top 25 players in the comp if you're picking from scratch you need a key forward and I think Calder's probably the best key forward in the comp so I'll concede that one Darcy Hope a really good player too I don't think he's done enough yet um, I'm, I'm not big on the forwards this year. We've all seen some great forwards in the NTFL over the last decade. You know, I look back at Cupid, and I'm not afraid to put the forward at number one. In, back in 2014, I had Cupid at number one, and everyone was saying, oh, what about the midfielders that get it to him? But just a bloke that kicks that many goals has to be there. Darren Schillerbeer was a maligned player at Darwin Buffalo's, and I had him very high. So I'm not afraid to pump up the big forward, but I'm just not going to put a forward in there if they're averaging two goals a game. I know he's hitting up and that sort of stuff, but I think it has been the year of the defence. If You look at yeah, across the board, The teams. Uh, there's low scores being kicked, and one, I'm going to put it back on you, Rob, because you. It's very easy to sit back and say, "Hey, this guy
4: should have been in. That guy should have been higher. Who should have been lower? Who have I overrated?" I think some of the small defenders. You can take your pick on any of them. Um, I'm not going to go name names, but you had, a, you, had oh, you had ten of that, them. That's in convenient. There. Yeah. Well, <laughs> name a name. You had, you had ten names. Dill Collars, Bradley uh, Stokes who? I'd probably oh, you could take out a, Scott. a You could that's take a Scott. out a Carlin if you wanted to. Um, you could take yeah, you could take out a Bradley Stokes, you could take out um any of those small backs that were there. Um even, I, I rate Will's, Wiz Parnell highly, but I think you know, you could also take him out. I could have I, I would almost make an argument to take him out as well if you're doing a top twenty five. Darcy Hope though, like if you're going off goals it's not his role, how much times he links up through half forward, he's had games where he's kicked. Two goals, had 14 touches and eight score assists, and Ryan Airs has given him best on and stuff like that is just he does stuff that not doesn't look good on the stats, but he's the best enough forward up here. He's named a center forward um, in tomorrow's game, and it's no surprise that he is um, because him and Calder are the best two forwards in the comp. And I do agree there is a lack of big forwards um, at the moment in the top end, and it, that's a bit of a concern for me. I'd like to see a few bi- uh, big more, a few more gorillas get up here, Jacko.
2: Yeah, no, nah, good chat, mate. It's always good to <laughs> good to have a healthy debate on air over this. Uh, look, plenty more to come. Uh, Brodie Newman was a great guest. We do have two more. We have Mel Taylor, the coach of the women's rep side tomorrow, and we have an NT racing update, very, very important, a new segment for us. And we also have Robbie Turnbull, the new South Fremantle signing. Plenty more to come on SEN Fridays at the top end, thanks to Rain Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Top end, 16, 11am, thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin, we will love your listing. Hey, it's a huge weekend for Territory Football, one of the best weekends of the year. It is representative football. We are joined by the coach of the NTFL women's team that will take on Claremont, Mel Taylor. Mel, do we have you?
6: Yeah, good morning, Jaco. how are you?
2: Very good, thank you. Hey, a well-deserved opportunity after leading down Buffett to a flag last year. How are you feeling ahead of this weekend's game? Where are the keys to victory? Are you going to play that territory style that we're all familiar with?
6: Uh, Yeah, right, we are. We've got um, a young talent bunch and a lot of skill in there.
2: Who are some of the players that we should look out for? Who are some of the players that you feel perhaps should maybe or could maybe get an opportunity at a higher level eventually?
6: Oh, I think every single girl putting on a jumper on Sunday will be. But um, we've named uh, three junior captains as their vice captains this year. So, um, obviously, Molly Oldhouse is a standout all the time, reigning grand medallist. But um, Tatiana Perry, Rihanna Hewitt, um, they're all very young and, and talented young people. So, yeah, they'll be um, firing on the weekend. And then there's um, Maria Rioli coming from the Tiwi Islands.
4: So, Mel, what are some of the keys to victory to you f- to feel for uh, Sunday's game?
6: A big crowd getting behind the girls. Um, the girls are po- um, pumped up knowing that uh, Claremont have just won a premiership together and obviously they've played a lot of football together. So, um, and we're, uh, we'll, we'll have our first training session as a whole tonight. But um, the girls were ready for the challenge and, um, yeah, a lot of skill in there this year.
3: Morning, Mel. It's uh, Raphael here. Um, Just a quick one. Um, How do you see this game for, like, opportunity for girls to be um, spotted or seen? Do you you know if any other leagues or comps really tune into this one to to see what type of talent the territory has and just maybe try and see who they can, um, you know, recruit? Um, Do you you know if any clubs are are tuning in or, um, you know, if it's an opportunity for the girls to stand out?
6: Yeah, good morning, mate. Um, I don't actually. I know that there's a few people that um, are, are travelling up here just to, to, to watch the game, and obviously watch the men's game. But um, I'd highly hope that they are, um, given that uh, the team this year, like I said, is probably the average age, age is about twenty-four. So um, I, I think that uh, the live uh, live stream or the recording of the game they always watch, but taking in mind that there is a, um, a camp going on at the moment so down in Melbourne. So
4: hopefully they will be watching and yeah, you know, the girls get um, their names out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, great work, Mel. Um, good luck for Sunday's game. But um, I just want to talk a bit about the NTFL as well now. The Buffets are currently sitting fourth on the ladder in Women's Premier League. Um, I just want to know, how's the season going and how confident's the group in finishing top three and going back-to-back this season?
6: <laughs> Big question. Uh, we, we're taking it week by week, to be honest. Um, you can't um, look forward to a premiership again um, when you've got a few games ahead of you. So, obviously, we've um, built our team, given that we we had uh, six of our players out and those players went down south to further their careers. So, um, girls are always confident. You're, um, you can't play without confidence and, obviously, um, everyone plays to be there at the end of the year.
2: Hey Mel, you are the daughter of absolute football royalty up here in John KJ Taylor. Do you seek advice from him, or do you try and pave your own path and, and sort of go about it in your own way? I don't
6: have to seek advice, mate. He has my number. He gives me um, <laughs> he gives me feedback every weekend, so um as long as, as well as um all the other people that uh, my dad coached, so i got a few tips last night from the legends' handing out the um the jumpers and um yeah if i, I if I do um have a bit of a, a down moment or, or thinking that um I need to do something yeah, I reach out to my dad
2: awesome Mel. hey. Best of luck for tomorrow's – oh, sorry, Sunday's game. Um, obviously, we're all cheering for an NTFL win and make it three from three, I believe, three wins in a row. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good luck, Mel. Cheers, Mel. No thanks, worries, Janus. guys. Thanks very much. Have a good day. Thank thanks. you. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays at the top end. Thanks to horn Darwin. It's time for the news. Hey, a huge game tomorrow, Robbie. South Fremantle versus NTFL. Uh, look, I'm so happy that the Bulldogs are coming up. They're a club with a proud history and plenty of connections to the top end. We've had some absolute great Territorian players represent South Fremantle and the Waffle over, what, 50 years now. So huge links uh, to the Territory. That's a great opposition, isn't it, Raph?
3: Yeah, definitely, mate. And like you just mentioned, the, the link with the Territory players that have gone through, there the Riolis, um, mm. Benny Begona, so Basil the, Campbell. Some of the greats. Mm. Basil Campbell played a lot of footy there. And they're, they're footy royalty for yeah.
2: the Territory. Even more recently, like there's still the links going. Like Benny yeah, Rioli's played in the fair. Yeah, um, Ashton Hams is. You know, not a territorian, but he's come up and, and and acquitted himself well. Robbie Turnbull who's played a lot of footy. up, he has recently signed with the club. Our, our, our guest later on in the show. Um, so yeah, plenty of links. I think Ross Tungatulum even spent a season there back when he was a young fella. Um, when Shannon Rioli and I think Thomas Motlop as well. So yeah, plenty I mean, of plenty Jason of footballers.
5: Maybe, yeah, Rowe, maybe. Um, maybe Jesse
2: Motlop that. was drafted yeah. from there. So we could probably go all day about the territory representation at South Fremantle. Hey Robbie, what is are you looking forward to most about the game? I think um, it's it's an interesting one. Hey, how Ashton hands hasn't played for the club for a little while, um, and he's going to come. Uh, ben Rioli was named, but I don't believe he is playing. Looking at the looking at the team that South Fremantle put out uh, last evening, mm. what, what what are you looking forward to?
4: Looking forward to some of the the chemistry just amongst all the NTFL blokes just playing together. Obviously, like none of the sides. I think Glenelg might have put together a pretty good side, but. South first, so it doesn't look too strong on paper. Um, so I just I'm looking forward to the chemistry. it's a, it's a weekend off, so, and so yeah, just those local blokes all getting together and all the from blokes from different clubs just before finals. Bit of a weird timing as well, you know. It's like four or five weeks out from finals. So, but geez, I think the NT's named a pretty strong side, and they've mixed in you know eleven or twelve locals in there, so it's a good mix. I think that's sort of the balance: half locals and then half southerners, because southerners do really top up our um, NTFL league as well, mate. So
2: where do you sit on that debate? Obviously, mm. that's the first thing people asked. I named the site. Well, I didn't name the site, but when I posted it on my social media last night, there were a few questions uh, about oh, how many locals are there. We need Southern players in the NTFL to boost our comp, don't we? Like, I mean, mm. of course we could have a sustainable competition if it was purely locals, but it's just it's, the Southern players give so much.
4: Yeah, they do. Um, it, it's, bit, you know, Luke Smith and, and Fraser Driscoll and Ed Morris all missing out. Um, Blokes, I think Fraser Driscoll is probably the second best defender in the league behind uh, Matty Green. So him missing out, but I'm more worried about Luke Smith missing out. He's, you know, SCN top end 10, number six. Um, I was very surprised mm. to see him miss out, but he is a Southerner. Um, so I don't know how much that took into um, took into account. Ed Morris is another that's been in our SEN
2: top end 10 for most of the year, and mm. Fraser Driscoll has now missed out Two years in a row. So, yeah, it's
4: yeah, tough, you'll, you'll, tough yeah, and you do have the top side only having three in, but that's just my philosophy on things. I normally think that, you know, the better side should have more representation. You see that through most of the Australian squads. It's very rare that a bottom side would have more, like, you know, more than the top side, and that's the way it is. And Southern Districts only have three in. Does anyone know why Matthew Green isn't
2: playing? Is he unavailable? Raff, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure myself, i sure. Um, You you would have thought he'd pick himself if he was. Yeah. Yeah.
3: He didn't play against Buffs the other week as well. Mm. So um, whether he's just unavailable or he's got a bit of an injury at the moment, I'm not not 100% sure I'll have to run that one by Anthony Vallejo when I run this him.
2: Let's go through the side. So from the back line, you have Michael Bowden, Ryan Nyhouse and Braden McLean who will captain the club. The half-back line, we have Brodie Newman, who joined us earlier, his Wanderers teammate Mitchell Taylor, and Kieran Parnell, the Wiz. You happy
4: with that back line, Rob? Yeah, I think that back line's pretty strong. Free Wanderers players stands out to me. Yeah, it does. Considering that you know they are a bottom side, but I did predict this a few weeks ago that that was probably the route they would take. It would be interesting though if Green was available, how they'd structure that backline. To be honest, but I think right now it's pretty good. You got the ac- defensive accountabilities of you know Mitch Taylor, Noyhouse, and Parnell. Um, you got the run of McLean, you got Newman's cut off, and you got um, Bowden's run. So I think that's a well balanced, good blend. good blend, isn't it, Raff? With yeah, your um, experience yeah, as a backman, I'd love to be a mixed up back six. Yeah, good blend. And from memory, Mitch Taylor
2: was just about best on ground last year, I think, so um, you know, a bloke like that picks himself really. Yeah. The centre line, we have a bit of a buffs flavour. Jared Stokes on the wing, Mitch
4: Robinson in the guts and Dil Collis on the other wing. Thoughts? Yeah, I think Dil Collis and Jared Stokes have been great midfield midfielders, um, so they've been pushed out to the wings, but I think, you know, I'd like to see them go through the ball, but just obviously with how strong that, you know, midfield is, they're being pushed out to the wings and Dill Collis has been better at half back, but um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a very strong uh, center line, isn't it?
2: There's flexibility there. I think mm. you could always swap Dill Collis with Brayden McLean potentially. You know, I don't mm. know if you if you would worry with that, but Braden McLean can play up on a wing and Dill Collis can shift down back if needed. Um, but it's a bit like the All-Australian yeah, team where you have these midfielders that get pushed out to a wing and, and you know they may not play in the wing for at club level but they can certainly play that role. Hey, across half forward we have Stephen Motlop, Darcy Hope and Harley Bennell, some very, very familiar names there.
4: Definitely got two, you know, Darcy Hope um, in there, and then you got the two X AFL blokes, and the forward line as a whole is very potent. I don't, you know, I don't know what South Frio have down back, but they're going to have their handful uh, controlling that um, six forwards. Um, mm. So yeah, very good forwards: Jaden Magro, Jackson
2: Calder, and Nick Yaron. That's the the full forward line.
4: Yeah, so they've gone with a bit of balance. Nick Yaron to provide a bit more tackle and defensive pressure, and um, Jaden Magro also should be... Um, It'll be interesting to see how Jaden Magro and Calder work. I think they're pretty good, sort of, um, you know, they have been pretty good players across, you know, a number of years, um, two years now, both of those guys. And Calder going into anything, really his the fourth season.
2: Yaron is a very good player. He has played a lot of good football up in the Territory for, well, a long time now. I think he made his debut for St Mary's when he was about 15. So, a player who hasn't yet won a lot of individual accolades, like a Nichols medal or a Cheney medal or something like that, but... It's his hardness and the role that he can play that sort of. is definitely a worthy selection for this team. Raf, mm. you've played a lot of football with Yaron. What does he bring to the table?
3: Oh, I think he's um, he's he's smartness when the ball, the ball comes in, um, reading it off the packs, and also the way he locks it in that defensive forward pressure, like. You know, he's, he's a rugby background, but mm. the, he's tackling skills for his size is some mm. of the best tacklers you've ever seen and the blokes he can bring down. Um, he goes that, hard. Yeah, and he's one of the bravest blokes out there as well for his size. You know, that, that little... Those little wiry guys, mm. you know, that Timmy Eldridge type, you know, they'll, they'll tackle anything that's coming towards them and, and put their bodies on the line. And the amount of times you see Nick Yaron get cleaned up, mm. limp, limp back to his feet, you know, yeah. go off for a couple of seconds and he's back out there making another tackle within a couple of minutes. He's, yeah, he, he definitely wears his heart on his sleeve and I love
4: that about him. Yeah, he's been smashing the gym as well. I've seen a lot of his, um, his stories on Facebook. He's there early mornings as well. Um, you got the rucks as well, Jacko. So um, you haven't got it down here. No, nah, we got Brock Carter, Carter. Brodie Philo, and Dylan Lant. Yeah, that's strong. Um, Brock Carter's probably the second best ruckman in the league. So um, behind yeah. Dennis, so I thought that would um, I thought that would probably happen. And yeah, you got Philo and uh, uh, Lant. <laughs>
2: Those wondering, Ralph Clark has spent the last minute in the studio playing charades with me, trying to work out how to, how to get me to, like, I've got the list down here for us, but I haven't included the ruck, so he's trying to communicate that with me without saying it on air. And <laughs> yeah. We've got there in the end, so yep. we've got Philo and Lant and Robinson. That's a very, very good midfield brigade. And then Brock mm-hmm. Carter, let's talk about him. That's someone who we, I don't think we've mentioned on the show very often. He's the pint ruckman. Where's, Point ruckman. What do you know about
4: him? I know that he come from Cairns, and there was an opportunity that Nycliffe could have signed him, and they didn't. Mm. Um, and I watched him against Southern Districts, and I thought he was probably in the best two or three, but there was no Matt Dennis that day, but geez, they, he went up against a, you know, a weak, like ar 2 R3 at Districts, and geez, he dominated, fed the midfielders, and Tommy shot just got fed all day from him, and He definitely beat um, Arnold Kirby last time they played when I commented, but not by much. Kerbs was still really good around the ground with his foot skills, and it wasn't like a thrashing. Mm. Um, It was one of those days where both of them could have been named in the best.
2: Interchange, we have Ronnie Fijo. Bradley Stokes, Arnold Kirby, Nathaniel Paredes, Joseph Salmon, Thomas Schott, and Matt Shannon. Very good list of players there. Mm. Uh, Glad to see Bradley Stokes get a representative. Guernsey, Ronnie Fijo's had a very good season at Districts. Arnold Kirby will play that backup Ruckman role. I love the way Arnold Kirby plays. He is, like, when you have a Ruckman, he can play as that almost that extra midfielder. His foot skills and his knowledge of the game is very, very good. Um, Paredes will come through that midfield rotation you would imagine. Joey Salmon, let's Talk about him—he's probably one that we haven't mentioned a lot on here. Super fit, one of the best athletes in the whole NTFL,
3: I can imagine. What what do you like about him? I think every contest he hits—he hits it with his pace and he hits it at top speed. Um, and he's two-way running as well. Like I think I've seen him kick three or four goals this year just from his purely defensive efforts. Um, you know, if he doesn't mark it and it hits the ground, it's getting run out. Like I don't—if you're playing against him, you're, you're always going to be looking over your shoulder, waiting for Joseph Simon to come from nowhere. Um, But, yeah, like I said, the best thing about Joseph, he hits everything at his top pace and and does everything
4: at top pace as well. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd really like to see Salmon and Fijo start on those wings yeah, But definitely. as genuine wingers that have been playing wing and Salmon that's has so moved so up to a wing. Really yeah, role, so I would like to see that instead of the midfielders, um, move Jared Stokes forward and have Collis rolling through a rotation, back rotation or whatever. Though they do have seven on the bench, Clarky, is it? So they're going to have to mm. rotate that well, pretty heavily.
2: Doesn't, I, I swear South Fremantle's team had like 11 on the bench. 11, when we were yeah, last that's night. A, I don't
4: get how this is going to work. This yeah. is a worry for me. And yeah. then you got Tommy Shot and Matt Shannon on the bench also, well, state like league experience. Yeah, like
3: when the. AFL teams play up here in this time of year mm. just because of you know, the heat and that, so they have about 11 on the bench and mm. one team plays the first half and almost a, a whole different team plays the second half.
2: But, hey, I get laughed at when I suggest they should have five on the bench in the NTFL Premier League. No, that, that would be that would be way too much of a stretch, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, definitely. So just quickly on the emergencies, Luke Smith, Ed Morris and Fraser Driscoll, we did talk about them earlier. They they have a right to feel a bit dirty, don't they?
4: definitely do but yeah you just don't know the inner workings of mm. you know someone said that Benell was a, light, a late minute in for smith um but, which i found weird i thought, why wouldn't you just move Luke Smith to the bench, but here's what it is. Yep. Would've loved Plenty.
3: to see Matt Green. You know, he definitely must be unavailable, mm. but he sees alone too. His um, he's footy is playing. Like so would've loved to see
2: Matt Green and that representative team. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays at the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Sixteen eleven AM, thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Hey, some territory related AFL news uh, just over Christmas with Zach Bailey signing a contract extension, he a two-year extension which will put him at the Lions until the end of 2026. So he signed a two-year one on top of his existing deal.
4: He's been a really good player for the Lions, hasn't he? Definitely has, playing that half-forward role. Um, might go into the midfield in the future, but he's one of those you know, up-and-coming stars of the competition. Doesn't probably get enough credit um, being a Territory boy as the other boys nah. do, but he's probably in that 30 to 60 best AFL players list. He'll be creeping into it.
2: Yeah, he kicked his 37 goals last year the Southern mm. District's junior. You seen much of him Ralph?
3: Yeah, definitely. He's an he's awesome player to watch and that high half-forward role that you talk about and how hard mm. he goes at the footy. Um, you know, you see him get bashed and crash around, but he gets up and keeps going. Plenty more to come. We have Robbie Turnbull after the break. This is SEN Fridays
2: at the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. We will love your listing. Hey, we have been talking about the big games over this weekend, the NTFL representative team to take on South Fremantle. Now, this is an interesting one because we have an NTFL player on the line who won't be playing for the representative team, but he'll be playing for South Fremantle. Robbie, do we have you?
3: Yes. Thanks, lad.
2: Thanks very much for joining us. Hey, Robbie, you have played some very good football over the last couple of years for Waratah. You signed with South Fremantle. Firstly, how did that come about, that opportunity, and are you looking forward to pulling on the red and white?
7: Yeah, a different red and white with the South Rio. Um, Of course. It came about through uh, Ashton Ham's. I was playing over in Cairns, um, and obviously Flash and Hamsey had come over, and then they suggested that I I try and go have another crack at the state level and Hamsey being a bit of a local legend down there sort of um, made the phone call and then they came up watched a couple games and um, I think at the same time we're planning for this weekend so it's sort of all all worked out pretty well.
2: Do you know what role you're going to be playing tomorrow?
7: Uh, I think I'll be a midfield rotation so they've they've got a bit of a young side in there (laughs) so hopefully I can Provide a little bit of level-headedness, and um, obviously the conditions as well. It's tough for for the blokes coming straight out from, from Freo. It'd be nice and slippery for them. So hopefully, yeah, help out in the inside where I can.
2: Robbie, you've played a lot of state league football before, so it's not necessarily new to you. But it's always a bit daunting when you go to a new club. It's like not so much an audition, but you want to you know you want to put your best foot forward. How are the nerves? Are you nervous about tomorrow?
7: Yeah, definitely nervous. Um, I, I only know a handful of folks from, from the team. They, I think they fly in at about 8 or 9 tonight. We've got a captain's run at pretty much 9.30 at night. So that's the first time I'll get to meet them. And I guess uh, with the way that the season's structured up here as well, I, I probably won't get down there if, if we've got a, you know, deep finals campaign until maybe three weeks before round one. So uh, it is a good opportunity to, to meet the guys and, and put sort of put my best foot forward I guess
4: um, in terms of selection round one yeah best of luck Robbie with that um, game on Saturday night no, it's Robbie Hale now but um, this is your, your third season at Waratahs now how is this season comparing to the uh, two previous and how, are you, uh, how do you think you're sitting
7: oh I mean we're pretty happy we always aim for that sort of top three I think the second chance is crucial up here in terms of weather and how strong the competition is I think whoever gets Fourth and fifth is is going to really challenge the the top three, um, and so we're happy with where where we're sitting. Hopefully, we can um, rein in another game from Crocs and, and get the top of the top of the spot and have the week off. But um, well, I think we're a lot more balanced. We've got you know blokes like Darcy Hope, Scooter Carlin, and, and even Arnold Kirby coming back in that I guess mm-hmm. provide a little bit more structure to the team compared to last year. And um, even Tommy Banuelas with a, with a bit of height as well. I think that makes a, a key difference.
4: Um, for us this year in the way that we structure up. Yeah, definitely. And um, also, yeah, only two points behind Southern Districts. And Jaden Magro as well has hit some really good form, hasn't he? Taken out the uh, Dennis Dunn Trophy. He's gone out to a bit of a lead with Jackson Calder trying to chase him. Uh, two of your teammates from the Kansas City Lions. Yeah, I think they've probably got a slab on it
7: or something. Uh, <laughs> I reckon uh, <laughs> Mags Mag was pretty dirty that he didn't play on the weekend because he said that's the game he missed. He, he could kick some goals. Yeah. Um, mm. But, yeah, they're both superstars. And, and Mag, Magdy for his, for his size, I just he's so crafty around goals. And, I just, you know, he'd be a top five player in, in the league, in my opinion. I, he just gets the best matchup every week and, and still kicks goals. Um, so his challenge will be, yeah, you know, the finals campaign, trying to do that
4: same form that he's been in. Yeah, no, he was number four in the SCN Top End 10, mate. We didn't miss him. But um, so with the GPS stuff, mate, um, talk us through that. Obviously, I was involved at the club last year and seen all that good uh, GPS work you've done, putting the GPS on the boys and um, sending through that data. How's that continued on to this season?
7: Yeah, it's really good. I'm privileged to be able to um, run that and see it every week. And it's now our second year, so I appreciate the club um, investing in the strength and conditioning side of things. and. Um, so their Catapult GPS units—they're as good as they come, and they, they show us everything from total volume to high-speed running efforts, acceleration, deceleration. It's got absolutely everything. So, um, I think the biggest thing is the the intensity in terms of load and volume and and high-speed running is already at the in comparison to last year, it's already 10% higher, and I think that's mm. just a probably a really. Um, a, a good way to show how, how, how much the comp's improved and, and how many good players are up here at the moment because we're, we're already running around at pretty much what is the finals intensity and we haven't even gone into this post-Xmas break. Um, like, we're only one round in. So I'm really really keen to see how these numbers stack up compared to last year. But, yeah, at least a sort of 10% increase from last year, mate.
3: Yeah, Robbie, uh, Ralph Clark here, mate. Um, I just want to mention uh, I talk about those games over in Cairns. I I was lucky enough to pop in and see a few games on my way out to work up in the Cape. Um, It just looked like you guys were having so much fun. It just didn't look fair with some of the games I came down to watch with yourself and Hamsey and even Jakey Long um, just running around doing what you just liked. Aaron Davey sort of running off halfback on one leg, mate. How how was that the last couple of seasons at at the Lions?
7: yeah it's awesome it's a big one club one family um my partner came over and played in the women's as well and uh it's just such a it was, it was really good the first year i flew over and then i actually relocated because it's a beautiful place to live it's a fantastic club and um i guess the connection with flash and a lot of the N P boys we were able to get them across um and, and get a pretty solid list together and we we're lucky enough to uh, to win the two flags there and um yeah, that connection with the NT is really, really strong. And to have folks, like, colder and that come across, it just makes
2: that competition even better.
3: Yeah, definitely, mate.
2: Hey, Robbie, do you know much about the Waffle and a bit of a two-parter? Are they cool with you finishing off? You said they're cool with you finishing off the NTFL season. Was that much of a debate, or were they pretty easygoing with that aspect?
7: Uh, well, I guess because I got onto it pretty early, I'd sort of said to them that I... Had commitments with Waratah and, and I'd like to see out the season. Especially, you know, after losing the grand final last year, I'm hoping we can we can go one better this year. And, and they fully under, understood that. And I think, um, you know, given that I look after GPS and the strength conditioning, they were sort of happy and, and, and thought that I would be fit enough coming into round one. Um, so they yeah, they've been really, really good, and, and I think that was one of the draw cards as well. But I, I guess given that I got onto it pretty early. Um, and gave them that forewarning. warning. It was sort of, I guess, a clause in sort of the signing that I was going to be up here until that time. Because I know a lot of clubs um, will want blokes down, um, you know, uh, post-Christmas to be able to do the pre-season.
2: Do you know much about the waffle?
7: Uh, not really, mate. Um, apart from Ashton Ham telling me he's a legend down there, <laughs> um and uh obviously i think there's a few boys that have come up this year from the waffle that are playing there's one of the fellas at southern districts i think he's bolton he's been playing playing pretty well mm-hmm. so no i don't know too much about it mate it's um yeah i'm going to hit the ground running but i suppose that was what it was like when i came up to the nt and you sort of just you just go with it and work it out as you go
2: speaking of coming up to the nt describe your journey arriving at Waratah. how did that come about
7: Oh, uh, yeah, a bit of a funny one, actually. I was travelling Vietnam with my best mate, and we met this bloke who he loved to be and he and he sort of big-noted himself, telling me how good of a footy player he was. It wasn't Robbie and, Hale, was it? <laughs>
6: no,
7: no. <laughs> his, name, his name was Kyle, and he doesn't live up here anymore, but oh. basically he, he went through his channels, and um, he got onto Airsy, and I hadn't heard from Airsy in three or four days, and I thought, oh, they must not want me. And so I ended up actually Googling the, the, the footy club, and I found Rowan's number, the president, and I, I called him up, Cole called him, and I just said, hey, um, I can't get on to I want to come up play footy. I've played, you know, at Frankston, I, I'm ready to go. And he sort of said, oh, you're not Kyle's mate, are you? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, Kyle's played it just did one footy is a bit of a fill-in. I think he thinks you're just, you know, uh, coming up to try and escape quarantine, which uh, to escape lockdown, which I was. But, uh, yeah, I think he gave me a phone call back in about three or four minutes, and my, then my flight was booked and I was, I was up here, so... Um, make sure you check your references. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> hey, Robbie, you're a bit of a TikTok superstar this day this day and age, The at the top tier footballer, I believe. How long have you been That's doing right. that for?
7: Yeah, about about a year now. Um, I think I've, I've had the, the TikTok running, and it, it, you, you'd be the same, mate. It's pretty hard to put yourself out on social media and, mm. and try not to cop a bit of backlash um, in, in terms of people thinking you're a bit of a flog or, or trying to help folks but that's generally why I do it I really enjoy it it's my passion and I think I can help people with their bodies and 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 their on-field performance and draw from my experiences across I guess the country to be able to help them in their decision
2: making as well. Now it's very good it reminds me a little bit of a teammate of mine Prime Train Tommy Bolts obviously he's uh, dominating on the TikTok platform but uh, in all honesty Robbie you're doing some great stuff some great content tell us about the 100 hundreds.
7: Yeah, it was tough. It was, it was really tough. It was, it was actually kind of hot down there, but not, um, I guess, Darwin heat. It was um, just, you know, I was getting burned, should have put some more sunscreen on. But it's on the 35 seconds, uh, sorry, on the, yeah, on the 35 seconds. So however long you do you your 100 in, if you do it in 20 seconds, you've got 15 seconds of rest, and then you go again. And um, I think the Brayshaws from Fremantle originally yeah. were the ones that sort of started this trend. But, uh, yeah, New Year's Day, start the New Year well, and that's sort of how that came about.
2: Yeah, I did a few run-throughs thinking oh, I might see how many hundred hundreds I could do when I stopped at 25, so <laughs> full credit to you and anyone else doing that amazing feat of endurance. Hey, Robbie, that is all we have time for, but look, good luck tomorrow in the red and white waffle colours at South Freeman. I hope you dominate, mate.
7: No, I appreciate that, lads. Thank you.
2: Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays at the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin.
0: Get your motorsport fix with The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. We always talk about contract staff and it always
3: comes up this time of year.
0: You know, it's probably a good thing when rumours are going around about, about three Depends on, on what yeah. sort of rumours, uh, bro.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who's going to be the first driver at Newcastle to bend
0: the brand new toys? You got any other
1: questions?
0: <laughs> Australia's only live weekly motorsport show, The Driver's Seat, returns in 2023.
1: The all-new SEN app. Download it today and never miss a moment of your favourite show. Streaming live anywhere, anytime. Get the power of safer tyres before you go on holidays. A road safety message from Tyre Power. There's one wheel that affects the performance of all the
5: other wheels on your car the steering wheel. And if your steering is out of alignment, it affects handling and vehicle stability. Poor steering alignment also causes rapid and uneven tyre wear. If you feel your vehicle pulling in one direction on a straight road, head to your nearest tyre
1: power store and get your alignment checked and adjusted as soon as possible. Get the power. At CJDI Zuzu Trucks, you'll find legendary reliability because that's what Izuzu Trucks are known for. And if you're after an Izuzu truck, CJD Zuzu is your number one choice for Izuzu Trucks in the Northern Territory. With locations in Darwin and Alice Springs, they stock the latest range in Izuzu Trucks as well as genuine parts and accessories with legendary servicing. CJD Zuzu Darwin and Alice Springs. Big enough to trust, small enough to care. Visit CJDizuzu.com.au. MVD 1010. SEN is the home of English Premier League. This weekend catch. Liverpool versus Chelsea. West Ham United v Everton. And Crystal Palace against,
7: against Newcastle, United. Newcastle United. Presented by Bet365. The world's favourite online betting brand.
4: Gamble responsibly.
0: 1-800-858-858. When it happens in sport, SEN has you covered. No matter where you are. From NRL action in the ACT. Bounces nice for Whiten. And there's the try for the Canberra Raiders. To cricket chaos in Queensland. Jump that over. Deep swear leg. Even tense finishes in Tassie. Down to McDonald, a long range free. All around the country, SEN is right there for the big moments. Expert commentary and analysis.
5: I believe Ricky Stewart should be suspended for the rest of the year.
0: Podcasts. I'll happily quit Twitter if that's what is the outcome of it. And the latest breaking news. Cristiano has basically just resigned on the spot. So whether it's night games in the Northern Territory. Quick three, got it. Soccer in South Australia. Tip over the top from that. Well, there it is. Victories in Victoria. Selwood's onto it. It Oh, Nonsense in New South Wales Let's see how you go here Steve Carfina. <laughs> or just getting carried away in WA I've been led to believe that they're right top tier the elite. Remember, SEN has you covered everywhere Find your channel on the SEN app today
5: Reflecting on great Australian open moments In partnership with SEN Panasonic air conditioning with Nano X technology Take, Take a, a breath of fresh, fresh air, air.
1: Nothing defines summer nights in Melbourne quite like those evening sessions at the Australian Open that stretch into the wee small hours. And there's never been a sporting moment in this town quite like the night Leighton Hewitt and Marcus Baghdadi started their match after midnight and played a five-setter through till dawn. And we all staggered out of Rod Laver Arena in the early morning light like vampires. Proud partner of the
5: Australian Open on SEM. Panasonic air conditioning with Nano X technology. Take a breath of fresh air.
1: The Ladbrokes Summer Sprint Series is here. Proudly supported by Ladbrokes, the Summer Sprint Series features eight mid-grade sprint heats culminating in the St Patrick's Race Day meeting at the Darwin Turf Club March 18. Don't miss a single heat. The NT's best mid-grade sprinters are battling it out for bonuses and points. The Ladbrokes Summer Sprint Series. See the schedule at trnt.com. Dot .org.au Thoroughbred Racing nt The best show on sand Gamble responsibly, call 1-800-858-858
0: Stay committed to your New Year's resolution and become a Darwin Waterfront member With annual access to the Wave Pool and a variety of aquatic and fitness classes there's no better way to stay motivated and enjoy the best of Darwin's tropical lifestyle for as little as $50 for the year, membership also gives exclusive offers to Waterfront restaurants and events. Live well in 2023 and become a Darwin Waterfront member today. Visit waterfront.nt.gov.au for details. The SEN app is now
7: compatible with Apple Watch, so you can listen on the go, anywhere, anytime.
5: Download it today.
0: Live on SEN, top end 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raph Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter.
2: Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, sixteen eleven am Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. We are joined by Andrew O'Toole from NT Thoroughbred Racing. Andrew, do we have you?
1: Yes, you do. Good morning.
4: Hey, you go, mate. So uh, racing in Alice Springs is returning after a five-week break. Uh, this was due to poor weather and track issues. How's the track looking now, mate?
1: Yeah, pretty good uh, for a return. As you as you mentioned, um, uh, the weather really played havoc with some uh, remedial track works that normally happen at this time of the year in Alice. But uh, uh, pleased to say track's back in uh, tip-top order for uh, a, a really good five-race car tomorrow.
4: Yeah, good to hear. Um, tell us a bit more, Andrew, about the Australia Day race uh, fixture coming up on Thursday.
1: Yeah, really looking forward to Australia Day here in, uh, in the top end. Uh, always a good day, always well patronised. Obviously, you guys would know that uh, a lot of uh, uh, activities take place in the top end on Australia Day, and, uh, and the races is just one of those. But certainly, uh, we're looking forward to some uh, some really good fields. We've got a, a $40,000 feature race on the day, our wet season series final uh, and that will be an excellent field on the day, uh, and um, no doubt we'll see a good crowd on course with a lot of families, a lot of a lot of children.
4: Yeah, definitely. How, mu- how much races was that on Australia Day? How
1: much That's race a, card? A 40, 000, yeah, it's a forty thousand dollar race. We've got six races uh, programmed on the day. Uh, so, um, the nominations closed today for that meeting. So, all going well. Um, will uh, all those races will stand up. I'm sure they will. And um, if we get good numbers uh, in uh, in the odd one, we might even divide one. But certainly six races will be the minimum on Thursday, Australia Day.
4: Yeah, that's great. Quaddie leg starts in the third there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, So looking online, there also the first 200 people will get a stubby uh, cooler. Is that right?
1: Yeah, Darwin Turf Club's um, pushing the barrow out there. And uh, obviously um, roll up early uh, on course on that day. Not only the local racing, but really good racing all around Australia on the day. So, um, yeah, where else would you rather be than uh, here at Fanny Bay?
4: Yeah, definitely. And the gates open at 12 and the first race is at 2.30. Um, Andrew, have you got any Smokies or a sure bet or a value bet for the race card on Thursday?
1: Uh, well, as I say, nominations are closed today, so the fields will be out next Tuesday. Uh, our feature race, as I mentioned, the uh, the wet season series final... Um, I really like a horse in this called Beach Haven, trained by Tayan Halter. she will have a couple of runners, I think, in the, in that particular race. But um's only had the two Darwin starts for two wins. As a horse uh, came uh, through the tried horse sale here back in uh, late July. So I really like Beach Haven on Thursday in the wet season final. Yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, how can people get involved
1: uh, in, in racing or on or on Tuesday or on Thursday rather?
2: No, oh, just in racing and generally. if we want to know more about it. Is there a website that we can go to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Either the uh, uh, au website. Uh, it's got uh, all the, the information there that you need to know or, uh, conversely, the uh, Darwin Turf Club website. Uh, or just give us a ring if anybody wants to uh, get involved in racing and horse ownership or that sort of thing. More than happy to answer any questions.
2: Awesome, Andrew. Thanks very much and good luck with the weekend.
1: Good on you. Thanks, guys. All the best. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks,
2: Andrew. Hey, Robbie and Raf. we had a pretty interesting round of football last weekend, round 14. Yep. The big story, perhaps, was probably the forfeit by the Tiwi Bombers. Of course, they were scheduled to play Waratah for the Morris Rioli Cup, but... Didn't make it into town. Uh, the Bombers said it was due to some unrest and illness in our communities. Uh, their official statement said a number of our playing group has been unavailable to travel to Darwin. We will regroup in the coming days with the aim of finishing the season as strongly as possible. Now, the Bombers met with the AFLNT during the week and will receive a suspended $10,000 fine, so they won't have to pay the fine unless it happens again. Um, what is your take on this situation? With a $10,000 fine hanging over their head, you'd have to think another forfeit could maybe even spell the end for the club.
4: Yeah, I might take. Yeah, it's, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think they had 19 in the sh- in the rooms and decided not to play. I think I would have wanted to play with 19, which is difficult. But um just being Premier League football and then Waratahs had to drop seven blokes or eight blokes that got named in the prems back to prems reserve to get them a game. Mm. So Dill Collis, Brody Carroll, who are probably the, and the waffle recruit they Boy, brought Bell, in. Yeah. yeah, those three all played um Magoo's. Um, so it ended up backfiring on Banks if Banks didn't give up their players. So, But I'm not too sure on the circumstances on that. And I do trust Brenton Toy's judgment. He is, um, you know, he's a very experienced coach and does a lot of work to get that side on the park. Um, but obviously it was also bad for Waratahs because they're only going to have one game in four weeks. So apparently Banks were
2: ready to hand some players over mm. to the Bombers, um, you know, in fairness to the Bulldogs. Raph, what's your take on what happened?
3: Yeah, to. T- like just reading the, the, the interview with Brenton Toy and um you know the unrest um back in the community. Um and like he's he's mentioned, the family first mantra for the teary, so um, the TV players, and, and most clubs are that, um, have that run with that mantra. If you've, you've got some unrest um, in your community or whatever it is, um, you, you're better off staying home and looking after your family first, mate. And, um, you know, I'll take my hat off to Brenton. Um, you know, this is the mm. third time he's he's gone back to coach the team. And a great coach. Um, yeah, he definitely knows his stuff about footy and, you know, the love he has for his hairy people and the community. Um but, yeah, mate, it's, it's unfortunate to see, um, especially with the win they had this year, and they were starting to look really competitive in about three or four games there. Mm. Um, and we thought they were, you know, on the way up. Um, so whether this, you know, is, is something that it takes them back a long way or whether it's just a one, one-off um, incident and hopefully they bounce back next week and, and are ready to go again. So hopefully, for Bretton's sake, um, they have a really good team next week and have a really good hit out. Look, we're obviously a little bit pressed
2: for time here, so we're going to fly through this. Pint 10 969 defeated Wanderers 4731. I turned this game on early in the second quarter, and the score was one behind each. I don't know why teams aren't scoring these days, but that certainly wasn't a game to write home about. So. We'll move on. Darwin Buffaloes, ten twelve, seventy two, defeated Palmerston seven six 48. The Buffaloes remain in fourth position. Four first half goals from Key forward Daniel Stafford, while Tommy Prime Train Bulch booted three goals in the second half. I thought Jared Stokes, Paddy Bowles, and Tommy Clark produced strong games through the midfield while Coco Nicky continued his great post Christmas form. Cam Pedersen was Palmerston's best player, but it you know, it wasn't a wasn't a lot of positives for the Magpies. They did play three under sixteens
4: players and an
2: under eighteens player. So blooding the juniors.
4: Thoughts on that game, Rob? Yeah, it was, look. I don't know what it is, but some of those night games out of Palmerston just don't seem to be a great spectacle, do they? And um, it, was a, it was just a win that Buffs needed to get and a few avenues to go there with Stafford and um, Prime Train. And that'll, that'll help them come finals time. And it sort of secures that top five spot for them, really, doesn't it, going in towards uh, only got four more rounds to go for finals. Nycliffe, 11-10-76, defeated Southern Districts,
2: 6-9-45. That was almost the result of the round. Well, it was the result of the round for me. Um, a lot of good performances by the Tigers' young guns, I thought. Quinn um, and Pilates was really good. Uh Shannon Ruska mustn't have been happy only naming four players in the best. But is that a concern for districts, or is it just one of those things that happen over the course of the season?
4: I think some people can say it's a concern, but I sort of feel like it's maybe just a loss they needed to have. or just Because when you start winning like that, and Raf would be able to chip in on this, but once you start winning a lot of footy... Um, you sort of, you just think it's going to happen some days and sometimes you might verse a lower side or a side not in good form and then you just get done and it's, yeah, maybe that's what happened. And Nycliffe went in with a strong game plan with double-teaming Dennis and just um, hitting him and being really physical with him and having two ruckmen go at him. And then start of the fourth quarter, Dennis started the full forward. So it's that tactic seemed to work. Very quickly, 20 seconds, how are the Crocs going to combat that if if teams go after Dennis? I think they need to support him, but I think they also need another person that can go in the ruck and do it happily. I think Lee Williams didn't look too happy going into the ruck, so Mm. they're going to have to find someone else who can do it, whether it's Mazzini or someone like that. Mm. Hey, a very somber note, uh, we
2: had the tragic passing of Kane Riley, uh, terrific footballer up in the top end, played over 100 games for Nycliffe, triple premiership player and best and fairest winner transferred across to the Darwin Buffalos at the beginning of the season and quickly become a very beloved member of the playing group. Just tragic news. There's, some, there's no way we can sugarcoat this or put a positive or anything like that. It was just a tragedy.
4: Yeah, it definitely was a tragedy and he's always been a nice bloke to me and every time you've seen him, he had a smile on his face and in Darwin, people sometimes wave at you yeah, from a distance. Yeah. He always come over and had a yarn every time I've seen him.
3: Yeah, that's it, and um, definitely a, a well-loved bloke around the footy community up here. Like you said, Rob, he'd definitely go to his way. Just mm. a wouldn't wave You'd always come over and say g'day, and um, you know he, him, um, you know him with a long family of late, having having a child um, just recently as well. Mm. So very tragic. Um, you know, and sh- the thoughts out to the family and friends of Kane. Yeah, obviously difficult thing to talk about rest in peace brother uh and condolences
2: of course to his family friends teammates and anyone who had the pleasure of knowing Kane um while in Darwin and and obviously back at home in WA hey we don't have long left we do need to wrap up but pretty interesting that banks look like they are almost a certainty to join the Premier League uh will it be a 10-team competition or or you know there's a bit of talk with Tiwi maybe coming out is a 10-team competition sustainable is that what is that what we want?
4: Yeah, I don't mind the idea, but I, I do like the idea of a buy as well. So, yeah, yeah I'm 50 50. <laughs> it's a hard one, but um, I,
3: I actually thought when they were bringing pints in, they were going to bring them in at the same time, mm. um, which would have been ideal mm. uh, in my eyes. But, yeah, I'd love to see banks in there. They've been a, a powerhouse and did one for a long time now. So yeah.
2: Thanks very much for joining us. Get to the footy on the weekend. There are some huge games of representative football. That's all we have time for today. Robbie Raff, thanks again, boys. It was a pleasure, pleasure having home.
3: us. Good to see you, Guru.
2: <laughs> SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Finding a place to write your next chapter.